Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, so di corrupt guten tak, ja wee cat bang, half a day, privyet, jai genendra, salam, shalom, peace, now, go vegan, peace, how, go vegan, this is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Ah, the first vegan radio show ever to infiltrate mainstream media, lamestream media. Um, we've been doing this since 2001. I promise one of these days we'll get it right. Um, and uh, we do, right now, actually, we are taking credit for the worldwide vegan revolution underway right now, everywhere across the globe. Um, yes, over the years, these, these many years uh, being heard on uh, everything from the Liberal Air America radio network, back when Rachel Maddow used to make sense. I was on Air America when she was on Air America. Um, so, and this show's been on the Liberal network. It was on the Genesis Communications network, GCN, the radio network that carries Alex Jones. Yes, I was on the show back when he made sense. What? He never made sense? That's right. They brought this show on to make him look sensible. It's like, ah, vegan show. Okay, Alex will look like he's making a lot of sense now. Um, And then GCN told us that uh, this is the first cooking show, the first food show it ever had on its network uh, which was the first time I realized that this is a food show. But it is a food show. Um, we're putting on a food show. Well, it's an everything show. Uh, Reggae Vegan Fest, San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, July 21st. L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest, September 15th. Uh, I guess it's a food show because there'll be a lot of great food. Um, and uh, we do concentrate on what is really food, that which grows from the earth, uh, not, you know, animal bodies and their secretions, you know. So, anyway, so, uh, I don't know, they put us on, we, we were on um, KRLA, we started on KRLA in Los Angeles, and uh, we're on a number of stations in the Bay Area, and uh, we always had high ratings. Why is that? Because... Uh, there's some truth to what we say, even though we were different, you know. But, uh, you yeah, know, come right down to it. Vegan always makes sense, huh? So, um, and then, you know, while consuming the pathogen-covered fecal-sprinkled fecal rotting corpses of tortured murder victims doesn't really make much sense at all, does it? People are coming to that realization. Hence, we have a vegan revolution going on. Uh, Right? Uh, As I discussed last week. Now, I promised that this was going to be a more... I don't know. Is is it more intellectual to talk about saving the planet from climate change than uh, the... uh, uh, than the uh, infection soup? 
that you consume every day in your dairy and now in your ice cream nice chilled uh, infection soup uh, doesn't really make sense to consume the pus and blood filled bovine nipple drippings uh, or uh, you know what's discarded from a chicken's cloaca how is it in this day and age people are eating uh, the discard the discard from the cloaca of a chicken that exit shoot for poop and pee pee and eggs yes that's what comes out of the chicken's cloaca I wonder which of those is actually the healthiest to consume huh because we know that eggs are connected to cancer and heart disease so uh, I don't know maybe you're making the wrong chicken cloaca menu uh, selection huh you know um, <laughs> it's really weird huh your choices are what's coming out of that cloaca you know what's coming out of that cloaca next poop I don't know not appetizing pee pee not appetizing eggs appetizing ah all strike me as rather inedible the incredible inedible egg full of cholesterol um and uh, by the way cage-free eggs are just as inedible let us not uh, send out the message that uh, just because there's some promotional some pr campaign on behalf of the egg farmers um it's not okay to eat cage-free eggs they are just as incredibly inedible uh, just as carcinogenic uh, just as likely to cause heart disease ah, but you have that fake animal rights movement out there continuing to shove cage-free eggs down our throats as if they're you know a victory for animals huh well, um, you know and I've been really into the animal rights movement for a very long time I've been vegan now for 35 years and active uh, for the cause um, to the point where you know many over many of those years I've actually come up with some some chants and slogans for animal rights activism and events and marches and protests where we were um, <laughs> uh, some of them got me in trouble um, <laughs> with with my fellow activists uh, not fellow fellow and sister fellow and uh, What's the female fellow? Uh, okay. Um, I know we're not supposed to identify people by uh, gender right now, so I'll let me just call everyone it, okay? Uh, it. Um, so um, yeah. So we were at, we had anti-vivisection uh, protests at UCLA at the University of California in Los Angeles, where I came up with the brilliant. F-U-C-L-A, F-U-C-L-A, F-U-C-L-A. Uh, people walked out on the protest with that one. Uh, so sorry. Didn't mean to be offensive, but that's what came to my head at the time. Uh, <laughs> how many people would be offended by that? I don't know. Somebody's mother at the protest was really upset with me for the F-U-C-L-A. Um, and I don't know if it was the F-U-C 
or the FU. Um, and then people were kind of upset with me when we protested at a Century City Hotel where then Vice President of the United States, Richard Cheney, was uh, doing a talk. And my sign said, you suck, Dick. Um, anyway, whew, am I allowed to... Anyway, that was then, now is now, and uh, when I go out and protest uh, in favor, and, you know, I mean, right? It's camaraderie, right? We have to stay in unison, one with each other. So if I do go out and, you know, my, my animal rights buddies, you know, from this fake animal rights movement, uh, get me out to a protest and I, I have to be there on behalf of Cage Free Eggs, well, I do have some, I do have some great new chance, you know, I, if I do say so myself, you know, what do we want? Every male chick ground alive or suffocated just after birth, when do we want these cage-free eggs? Now. That, that pretty good? Uh, what do we want? Painful debeaking mutilation of every hen. When do we want these cage-free eggs? Now. <laughs> what do we want? Chickens living in an uh, ammonia cloud and crowded sheds with tens of thousands of other birds attacking each other. When do we want these cage-free eggs? Now. What do we want? All birds killed. When do we want these cage-free eggs? Now. Yeah, Mercy for Animals has a new president. Um, I was supposed to look, there was some other new controversy regarding Mercy for Animals. I was supposed to look that up before the show, but I didn't. But I see that uh, the new president of Mercy for Animals, uh, her big uh, claim to fame, oh, it, its big claim to fame, trying not to identify people by gender, um, its big claim to fame was, uh, you know, all of these... Um, all of these corporations who have signed up for cage-free eggs, all the grocery stores and slash food uh, restaurants, all of them. I don't know. That's the victory for animals. But you have the new chant uh, for when you're out there, you know, on behalf of cage-free eggs. Um, so, I should tell you, coming up on today's program... Antenna Roba, MD, President of the International Fund for Africa, co-editor of um, Africa and Her Animals, and he's one of the main speakers at San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, coming up July 21st. And uh, you can get your tickets now at um, reggaeveganfest.com. Also coming up on today's program... We have Sonny Banaj, who is the owner of the only 100% vegan restaurant, uh, vegan uh, market in San Diego. The only 100% vegan market in San Diego, um, Mission Square Market. And Sonny will be on today's show. Two heroes on today's show, by the way. I mean, if you, if you have a 100% vegan market and uh, the reason for it is you don't want your, your friends on the shelves... You're a hero, and so Mission Street 
Market is sponsoring the VIP wine and cheese tasting that we have at San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., Sunday, July 21st. VIP tickets on sale right now, and you will be tasting about 10 wines and half a dozen cheeses. And uh, congratulations. Thank you, Mission Square Market, on its first anniversary this weekend. So Sonny is a hero. And Tenoroba is a hero also. He, he's the first to have brought neonatal care to his uh, home country of Ethiopia. There are thousands of people alive today because of Dr. Roba. And uh, I want to remind those people who might be listening today to today's program, um, Uncle Antenna wants you to be vegan. Come on. You're, you're on this planet because of him. The least you can do is, uh, you know, un- Uncle Antenna wants you to be vegan. That's all I can say. So um, on our last show, um, I don't know, we just got obsessed with pus. <sighs> you know? As I said, it's the ice cream season and all, and, you know, maybe you were unaware that 750,000 pus cells are allowed in every liter of cow's milk sold in the U.S. And, you know, this is the time of year when people apparently like their their pus chilled. Um, I mean, can you imagine, though? I mean, I I hate to get into it again, uh, but, you know, 750,000 pus Pus cells per liter. How, you know, how how much pus does your family consume in a day or a week or a month? You know, can your body be reacting to it? It can't be natural to have that much. A river, an ocean of pus. You know, I mean, pus in your coffee and on your cereal and your yogurt and cheese and butter and a glass of milk. I mean, uh, is that what's addictive? Is pus addictive? <sighs> I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> and 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 we hear that you know is is people saying like, oh, I could go vegan except for the cheese. Well, I don't know if it's the the pus and cheese that's addictive, but maybe it's the casomorphin. There's actually a, a morphine-like substance in dairy meant to have the ba- you know to to attract the baby cow back to the nipple from which you drink the bovine nipple drippings that you drink are intended for a baby cow and uh intended to make one you know grow really big really fast with four legs and a tail and horns and that's what you give to your children there's insulin growth factor in dairy that grows baby cows really fast and grows tumors in people really fast. So, but anyway, uh, there you have it. And I, I, I did say that I, you know, wanted to be a little more highbrow on this week's show and, uh, you know, educational uh, on matters, uh, you know, related to. Maybe you don't consider, you know, little um, infection, infection fluid, uh, you know, earth-shattering, you know, world-saving. Although I don't know, <laughs> if 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 you stop the uh, the influx of pus into your family right now, I just wonder how that would impact how 
could that save your family? But anyway, you know, this this program, uh, and, and, and pus is related to science too, let's face it. We're talking about uh, measurements in, you know, in, in the metric system like that. Uh, 750,000 cells per liter, you know. There's an article, so let's save the world now, okay? Let's go back to uh, this. why this program is uh, the most uh, important program in all of Mitia. Uh, even more important than Joe Rogan, really? Is that possible? Uh, so from Forbes magazine, and, and you know, we, you, you, you hear about this year after year for me because I think um, once one recognizes and learns what the only solution for climate change is, according to the world's top climate specialists, uh, I don't know, not really, doesn't seem nice to keep it a secret, right? So I have to, I have this platform here and I, I, I wish uh, that all the vegans and all the animal rights people would join me since uh, what helps the animals most helps the environment most. But they're off wasting time promoting cage-free eggs. What do we want? Um, what do we want? We want to stop climate change. So there's this article in Forbes magazine. The headline is Meat and Agriculture Are Worse for the Climate Than Power Generation Stephen Chu Says And this is an, an article uh, from uh, Jeff McMahon And uh, So here we go The article stating Quoting The world has focused first on energy In its effort to stop greenhouse gas emissions but former Energy Secretary Stephen Chu puts agriculture at the top of his list of climate challenges, particularly animal agriculture. Okay, did we uh, set, this, uh, set the stage here? Stephen Chu, former Secretary of Energy, huh? Nobel, he, so the Nobel Prize winning physicist surveyed the world's um, carbon-polluting industries in a lecture at the University of Chicago, and he started with meat and dairy. Quote, If cattle and dairy cows were a country, they would have more greenhouse gas emissions than the entire EU-28. End quote. Is this not shocking? Where else do you hear this? If, if the Miti uh, weren't so obsessed with Russia, 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 perhaps they would quote Stephen Chu saying, if cattle and dairy cows were a country, they would have more greenhouse gas emissions than the entire EU-28. Okay, Said Chu, who uh, recently assumed the presidency of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Okay, so people who say they're into science, right? Science, former energy, former secretary of energy, Stanford University, Nobel Prize winner, and now <laughs> president of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. And what happens? He agrees with me. Well, I did go to a math and science high school, so Stuyvesant High School in New York, so 
Okay, did I did I serve my school well here uh, by uh, emphasizing the true science about climate change and the environment? Huh? Chu says, "Quote just something to think about." Yeah. Well, I say just something to act upon. Well, actually, he ended the, his sentence with a preposition, um, but scientists can do that. They're not English majors. Um, I will say just something upon which to take action, which really means going vegan. That's what the top climate specialists are telling us. Can't you come to that scientific conclusion? If animal agriculture is worse for the environment, then what do we do? What do we want? <laughs> A vegan world. When do we want it now? Um, back to the article. Chu lumped the greenhouse gas emissions from meat and dairy with other agricultural practices such as uh, fertilizer and land use changes such as deforestation and soil disruption. Still sounds like the uh, animal agriculture industry to me here. Um, he weighed the resulting greenhouse gases for lifetime and potency, showing that emissions from agriculture are bigger are a bigger problem than emissions from energy. Continuing, quoting from the article, let me say it again, agriculture and land use generates more greenhouse gas emissions than power generation. Did uh, the scientist make another uh, grammatical error there? He should have said, let me say it again, agriculture and land use generate, not generates, more greenhouse gas emissions than power generation. Perhaps I should proofread uh, Stephen. You know, and true, when I was at Stuyvesant High School, it was like, what am I doing in a math and science high school? I was more into English at the time. Um, to describe the unnatural effects of industrial agriculture, uh, what he called oversexed corn uh, that devotes all its life energy to making giant kernels pigs that gain 280 pounds in a matter of months, turkeys so breast-heavy that they can't mate and must be artificially inseminated, a uh, planet dominated by animals modified and raised and slaughtered to feed humans. So, also, um, so I guess all, all turkeys then are the product of turkey rape, right? There, so artificial insemination uh, forced against their will, uh, just like uh, all cows have to be raped to produce babies. So, let me go back to this article and quote here. It says, Let me tell you how the carbon mass of animals is distributed, Chu said, referring to a recent study of biomass on Earth. Quote, Humans and the animals we eat are 96% of the carbon mass of mammals in the world, end quote. Um, he pointed at the smallest sliver on a chart. That's all the buffalo and rats and mice and lions and tigers and bears, 4%. Uh, we continue here. Uh, Chu is not the first to suggest that experts... Is that right? Chu is not the first to suggest 
that experts underestimate the climate impact of animal agriculture. Experts typically uh, attribute about 15% of the world's carbon emissions to livestock, but the World Watch Institute audited that number in 2009 and found uncounted emissions that bring the livestock contribution to 51%. The answer uh, to Chu is biotechnology. He uh, profiled fake meat, highlighting the brands Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat, and a symbiotic fertilizer technology. She was a Stanford pro uh, professor, not only of physics, the field in which he won the 1997 Nobel Prize, but also of molecular and cellular physiology. Um, his lecture was hosted not only by the Energy Poly Insti Policy Institute of Chicago, but also by the Institute of Molecular Engineering. Um, and his solutions to climate change reveal a bent for uh, engineering and biotechnology. Um, he said, there are certain plants, legumes especially, that develop symbiotic relationships with the microbes in the soil. Can you get corn and uh, train the microbes to interact with corn so the corn actually looks upon the microbes uh, as a source of nitrogen? The answer is yes, you can. Okay, so anyway, uh, as you can see, let's see here, anything else I want to say? Anything else I want to read? He says, both fake meat and symbiotic fertilization have to become more cost-effective, Chu said, before they can solve uh, agriculture's climate problem of symbiotic fertilization, he said. The question is, does it make economic sense? One hopes yes. Once it makes good economic sense, then the farmers will adopt it. There's no legislation in the world uh, that can tell a farmer what to do, so it's about offering a better choice. Okay, so I don't know what else to tell you. Maybe the is he one of the world's top scientists? Is he number one, two, three up there? Nobel? He, uh, anyway, so um, what he's telling us, if you read between the lines, is that we have to go vegan. Okay, I mean that's it. Final. You know, like, final final reality check here, you know? Like, uh, we have to go vegan to save the planet. We're told that by the same World Watch uh, scientists who conducted um, that research uh, to which uh, Chu referred. Uh, they estimated that animal agriculture is responsible for at least 51% of human-generated greenhouse gas emissions. And those climate specialists uh, told us that the only solution uh, for climate change before it's too late is a massive population shift to vegan. That's the same uh, conclusion reached by Joseph Poor of Oxford University. And that large scientific study um, that... Uh, check to see that uh, the recording's still going. Um, and so an Oxford University study, his conclusion, we have to go vegan. And now you see what Stephen Chu is saying. So 
Uh, too bad it's not the environmental groups telling you that. But we're doing it here. And if uh, you support our work, the unique way in which we save the planet by actually offering the solution, you can make a tax-deductible donation to Go Vegan Radio, a 501c3 educational nonprofit. Go to goveganradio.com. Goveganradio.com. We are also organizing educational events that people are... They, they think they're music festivals, but... Uh, you know, with people like Antenna Roba speaking. And I'll tell you in just a little bit. Uh, actually, after I talk to Antenna, I'll talk to you about uh, the entire lineup of speakers at uh, San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, which is Sunday, July 21st. Third World headlining. We have an amazing roster of international reggae superstars and local favorites. It's going to be a day... <sighs> like a once-in-a-lifetime event, so you have to you have to be there with us. Tickets are available now at reggaeveganfest.com. Dr. Antenna Roba, president of the International Fund for Africa and co-editor of Africa and Her Animals, and one of the speakers at San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, coming up next on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at goveganradio.com. Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Twitter at GoVeganRadio Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden and uh, how could you forget I, how could you forget I'm, I'm talking about it all the time ReggaeVeganFest.com ReggaeVeganFest.com um, just the most amazingly awesome day you will ever experience July 21st in San Diego at Liberty Station I mean, the music, phenomenal, third world headlining, and the movement, and Yami Bolo, and just you know, check out the whole lineup at reggaeveganfest.com. Buy your tickets now uh, while they're still discounted, and, you know, it's like international reggae superstars, plus fantastic food, plus mind-blowing speakers, one of whom is uh, here with me today, my good friend... Antenna Roba, MD, uh, joining us. Uh, we go back a long way. Um, <coughs> <laughs> friends for a long time and a lot of projects together. Soul Food for Thought, one of the greatest theatrical productions, you know, ever ever created. That was pretty fantastic. Uh, Dr. Roba is president of the International Fund for Africa, and. Uh, has been a, an emergency room physician in Houston and now has a practice in uh, the Washington, D.C. area Virginia, in Virginia. And uh, Dr. Roba, by the way, um, is from Ethiopia and responsible for... You, you brought the first neonatal care, certain neonatal units to uh, Ethiopia, as I recall. Right. That was... Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. We did. Uh, we started it at a hospital in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and then 
uh, opened another one at another uh, hospital, which was a maternity hospital, and they didn't have they didn't have a neonatal unit, so the babies were being born and dying uh, within hours after birth because they didn't have incubators, they didn't have um, all the things they need to um, keep these babies alive when they're sick. So basically, they they would have to transport them to a hospital about a couple of miles away um, that has that, you know, I had a makeshift kind of unit. There wasn't really a neonatal unit and um, the babies would die um, in in transit because the, the mothers would be put in a taxi to take the baby mm. while the baby is sick. And imagine, a, a, you know, a, a day-year-old, mm. a two-day-year-old baby well, not, not a not a two day year old, just a two day old. <laughs> yeah, two day. I'm sorry, two day. Old. An, an, another three hundred sixty three days, maybe to a no, year. No, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, a day old and two mm. days old baby being transported uh, while having a fever or while they are hypothermic, and then when they get to the before they get to the hospital, they die. So we set up a unit there, and eventually, you know, other. Uh, other um, NGOs and other organizations started uh, doing the same. And now we have, uh, from my understanding, a couple of neonatal uh, facilities in the country. Ah, okay, great. So so those babies who would have died now live because of those. Units. Oh, absolutely. I have I have taken pictures with like um, 30 of the babies like that grew up a few years later that I when when I went back um, to Addis, the families got together and we had pictures taken. We had a little party and I met kids that were, were now three and four years years old who survived um, those horrible few days and weeks of life. Because, because of, of you. Because of you, well, they survived. Me, me, and my yeah, my organization, and all you know, all the people involved in right. it. How, my, how, uh, how many, how many babies or, or children do you think now are alive because of those units coming there? Like how many? Well, any... well, I'll tell you one one facility, the 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 one where we started with uh, this incredible neonatal uh, neonatologist that we partnered with. Uh, she she basically was trained. And Cuba as a neonatologist and came back to Ethiopia and she couldn't do anything because she had no equipment. So when we hooked up with her, it was like she she got so um, energetic and invigorated because she was kind of depressed and because she didn't have an, any way of helping these kids. And within like a year, two years, she had basically treated uh, and 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 um, helped survive. I mean, had about 3,000 uh, babies on, uh, that survived because of what we did and her efforts as a physician and her team. Wow. So there are at least, yeah, 3,000 uh, in, in two years, I think. And then, um, and then the other hospital, I don't, I don't even know how many because, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of babies going through those facilities uh, mm. all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was another two, 3,000 of them. So, um, so there could be six, seven thousand people alive because of your efforts, 
right? So well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put it that way because well, honestly, well, I do because you you brought the first equipment there and they they survived cool. and turned things around. So um, that's okay. You could be modest because yeah, of course you don't want to you know put it that way. But but it is true. But I want them to know, like, to return the favor to Uncle to Uncle Doctor Antenna <laughs> <laughs> because if they're listening, you would love for them all to be vegan, wouldn't you? I mean, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, you know, we're, we're doing we're doing work with veganism uh, now in, in Ethiopia because we've moved on from, um, um, you know, doing um, medical work into, uh, you know, doing um, health programs and and um, feeding programs in schools. So. Ah. Mm -hmm. so Oh, and weren't you involved with the the start of the first vegan society there? Yes, absolutely. I'm. I I co-founded it with a couple of uh, local Ethiopians, and believe it or not, one of them, who's an amazing kid called Masfun Hailemariam, um, now he's now in South um, South Korea of, of all places. He he is such he was such a dedicated. Uh, um, you know, vegan activist that he he has he has kept the vegan concept alive in Ethiopia, and he has uh, a website that has thousands, and I mean thousands. I don't, I don't I, I've lost count how many thousands of followers um, uh, he has under the banner of vegan uh, the vegan society of Ethiopia. Wow. And yeah, there are tons of Americans who follow. And he's very active, and he posts every day. And you know, I'm I'm also you know an administrator of the uh, of the uh, Facebook page, but I don't do much. He's the one who's very active. But I mean, if you go to the vegan um, uh, vegan uh, page uh, Ethiopia, you'd be amazed at how many followers they have and how like I think seven, eight thousand or something like that. Great. I yeah. yeah, and very active, and there are a lot of Ethiopian activists, vegan activists in Ethiopia. So, so what we started has continued. You planted, uh, you planted the seed there. So, yeah, and you know how um, very often people say, "Oh, you vegans, you only care about animals," and and we do care about animals. You care about animals. I mean, look at what you did with the the dogs who were being thrown into pits in Ethiopia, also, right? You mean that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, uh, working with um, the Humane Society uh, and Best Friends uh, uh, Animal Society, bringing uh, rabies treatment and, uh, you know, uh, basically neutering and spaying uh, homeless dogs uh, in 2009. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've, you know, Right, so 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 you know we vegans care about animals, and very often people say, "Oh, you you care more about animals than people." So, but you know, with Reggae Vegan Fest, um, actually every ticket we sell for uh, Reggae Vegan Fest feeds ten hungry children through Food for Life um, Global. Now you have a program in Ethiopia where. You also are feeding children, so you know, tell us tell us about that. Oh yeah, so we have three projects um, 
in Ethiopia, um, and these these are amazing, amazing projects. Um, one of them is the school feeding program, and basically the the school feeding program is a program where um, we've implemented uh, a uh, feeding vegan food for 600 uh, very poor kids from four different uh, schools every day, seven days a week for the last five years. We have served over 792 vegan meals since uh, 2014. there, so 600 kids are being fed. I mean, these kids are come from the poorest of the poorest. I think schools. I think your math was off there for a second, though. So, so you said you said 700, uh, 92 I, meals served. So, so tell tell us again, how many children? How over what period again? Okay, okay. So, 600 children are fed every morning and lunch vegan food. For the last five years, and in the in in the five years, we've served seven hundred ninety-two thousand meals. Okay, that's the part because you said seven hundred ninety-two before, and the math didn't work for me. Yeah. Seven hundred ninety-two thousand meals. Now thousand that's... meals, yeah, seven hundred ninety-two thousand meals over a five-year period. Six hundred kids twice a day, vegan food. Fantastic! You're my hero. Yeah. You're my hero. So and, well, and I, my I hero can, for a I long can, time. Let me let me tell you the other things that we're doing. We have a a school eye program, and in the school eye program, we have uh, we've instituted uh, a vision a screening vision uh, visions uh, a visual screening program for uh, forty. Uh, schools for the last three years and a half, and we've screened over 46,000 kids in three years and a half. Hmm. Out of and the number of students who've received medical treatment for eye health uh, comes out to 391 kids. Number of students we've given eyeglasses to 1,009 kids. So hmm. that. That's that's our uh, eye program, and then we have a school hygiene and sanitation program. So in Ethiopia, in the very poor schools, little girls that start their menstrual periods do not have, you know, sanitary pads. So they, when when their period comes, they don't go to school. They stay home, uh, and they also get sick because you know they're not protected. And so we started this program, and we've been used. We have distributed. Uh, reusable sanitary pads, 51,300 in the last three years and a half. And the beneficiaries of this have been 8,550 girls from 26 schools. Wow, that's fantastic. Doing doing such great work. We're talking to Antenna Roba, MD of the International Fund for Africa. What's the website again? www.ifundafrica.org ifundafrica.org my total hero good friend for a long time I think I may even forgive you for mentioning uh, the Humane Society in a positive uh, light since I'm 
<laughs> well, actually, uh, uh, well, hey, hold on, hold on. I said I started out with them, but it didn't end well. Because <laughs> oh, they, good. That's what I want to hear. Well, no, because honestly, they they showed their true colors when when the time came for uh, you know. So what happened is it was we we had a, a this um, um, spain neuter and uh, rabies vaccination program. It was a pilot program that I convinced the Ethiopian government to work with us and allow us to spay and neuter homeless dogs and not kill them because they were killing them left, right, and center. And they they said, okay, we'll we'll let you, you know, the, a small area in the capital city, you know, if, you know, if a, uh, a sub city uh, would not be the dogs would not be killed, and we would do a spay and neuter program and show the government how successfully this can be done. And we, we spayed and neutered uh, a th- a close to a thousand uh, dogs, homeless dogs, vaccinated them. And this was with the help of, again, Best Friends Animal Society and Humane Society International. Uh, and at the end, the Ethiopian government was very excited. And they said, can we, can we take this to the whole city of Addis Ababa and, you know, you guys support us the first two or three years and then eventually the Ethiopian government would take over. And I was really excited. We came up with a budget where best friends and HSI would fund the first year, the second year, and then gradually, you know, uh, fade away and have the Ethiopian government take over. And um, best friends were they were willing because they they're they're really a good organization and they do want to help but they're limited as far as their their ability to do uh, you know international work they're more uh, d- domestically you know inclined to to do work and their funding is mostly for domestic uh, dog and cat support but HSI that's exactly what they're supposed to do is international and they they said no. They said, no, we, we will not. And they walked away and the Ethiopian government started re reintroduced the killing process. And it's, it's, you know, been going on and off for years. So, so HSUS abandoned us and we had to give it up. Well, so H- HSUS but, and HSI, uh, um, they're the that, same. That, that's yeah, they're, they are the same. And their, their yeah. practice is abandoning animals. I mean, that's, uh, uh, they're they're there for a photo op and uh, to ask for donations, but really, when it comes to animal betrayal, well, I mean, HSUS is basically a rancher advocacy group, and it's made up of. I mean, it was run by a pig farmer, uh, but uh, the propaganda the propaganda works, you know. So people feel like, oh, to help animals, they donate to HSUS, which you know, main campaign was cage-free eggs, and we never get the truth about cage-free eggs, you know, to, to celebrate that any uh, retail chain or uh, fast food restaurant is adopting cage-free eggs is just to say, hey, great, uh, we're, we're celebrating everybody getting killed, all the male hens, uh, all the male chicks uh, being uh, suffocated or ground alive right after birth, the females are debeaked, they live in horrible conditions, and they're killed also. And um, and in these in these environments, uh, they're very unhealthy uh, for everyone, the humans around, the birds. And you um, have also studied a certain area of, um, and, and I believe you've uh, 
you've spoken on the subject uh, related to um, uh, diseases passing uh, interspecies disease uh, uh, right what what is it it's a big word that I haven't learned yet what it oh uh, yeah it's called zoonosis and I I um, I spoke in uh, Nairobi Kenya a couple of months ago uh, I was invited to speak uh, as part of um, ANAW, the African Network for Animal Welfare Organization, in collaboration with, uh, with uh, the United Nations, had a conference about animal welfare in Africa, and I, I was invited to speak. And I, I just mentioned zoonosis. I really, I haven't, I, I'm not I'm <laughs> nowhere uh, near being an expert, but I, you know, I know enough about them to uh, be able to talk a bit about um the you know um, what zoonosis is and what kind of diseases uh, um, they um, you know what kind of diseases are caused by transmission of you know of viruses and bacteria from animals to human beings, which is what zoonosis is. Uh huh. So um, when we hear about uh, diseases now, there there seems to be an outbreak of uh, bird flu. That's uh, kind of kind of been an epidemic in Southern California. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of it. I don't know. I'm, I, I didn't. Yeah, actually, I didn't. I I didn't. I wasn't aware of it until you mentioned it to me a couple of days ago, and I researched it and found out that uh, it was an issue in Los Angeles. But I don't know how well contained it is now. Um, it doesn't seem to be a big big deal yet, but you know. It's, it's 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 it can happen well, over, anytime anywhere. over the past months like I'm seeing this uh, this article in the Los Angeles Daily News it says uh, chicken killing Newcastle disease prompts widespread quarantines in Southern California and uh, yeah, I don't know why it's you know you don't hear it on CNN you don't hear it I mean this this should be a big 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 news I mean, when if if Ebola starts becoming an issue in Africa, in a, any part of Africa, you hear it all over the place. But I don't know why why this is not an issue and it's not being televised. And you know, people uh, well, then Foster Farms, they you know, they, I mean, the, their advertisers are all selling chicken, right? So they want to kind of yeah, keep it quiet, you know. So yeah. Also in the same article, uh, let's see, it says, update March 18th, 2019, mandatory euthanasia order um, expanded to parts of Chino, 1.2 million birds killed. So, when, when they say bird, are they talking about? They're, they're, uh, talking, about, they're talking about Turkey? chickens, Turkey? mainly. Chickens, okay. Yeah, so, okay. so. Well, you know what? If they if they stop handling them, eating them, killing them, torturing them, maybe we wouldn't have to be dealing with this crap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the it says the highly contagious uh, respiratory virus is nearly always fatal for all poultry, and uh, has uh, most affected chickens in the current outbreak. Um, so and then and, they, uh, and the human beings it's up to 60% fatal it's it's a serious serious uh, viral infection right so talk, so talk about yeah bird flu um oh well of course they they make the official announcement here they go um there are no human health concerns uh 
this is who uh, you know the official announcement uh there are no human health concerns provided that uh any meat or eggs are cooked properly right that's what they're saying that's the department of food and agriculture protecting the industry it says uh people who come in direct contact with the virus may develop conjunctivitis like symptoms or run a mild fever um so so bird flu can be passed to people then oh absolutely all of these bird flu swine flu ebola zika uh, all of these can be transmitted from animals to humans. Basically, they're viruses. The, the avian flu is basically um, influenza of chickens. So it's the it's in the it's an influenza virus. It's in the influenza virus family. It's just a variation of the influenza virus that affects human beings. But in in this case, H five nine one, I think, is the um, chicken equivalent of influenza that affects human beings but when when it's it's you know jumps to from from attacking chicken to human beings because our system isn't uh, you know uh, our immune system is not alerted to this different variety um, it it can be extremely deadly and you know you it starts out with influenza like symptoms and it's progressively, you know, gets worse. And especially young and very old people are, are very susceptible to it. And like I said, it's up to 60% fatality. So, so and, it's, it's like um, a new virus introduced to people and, and they don't have any, they don't have yeah, a, you're a, not, yeah, immunity. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, a, it's a different variation. It's not what we're used to. And so... Um, we don't know how to fight it, you know, and if, I mean, if it happens a lot for a long period of time, eventually, and if it affects a lot of human beings, eventually we adapt. But right now it's not something that we can deal with. And, you know, I mean, 60% uh, mortality is not a joke. That's very scary. So 60% mortality for people who um, contract get the, the virus. Who yeah. get the virus. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they say uh, that this uh, this one seemed to be uh, starting in backyard chickens. Uh, um, and then they say when people move sick birds around, they seem to uh, infect other ones. Uh, yeah. Whatever degree. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, kind of serious. And then um, you know, I was looking around also, and there was something about this flu season. Let me see if I... Oh, I wanted to find. Um, ah, I don't. I don't see that uh, the page here right now. But it was talking about uh, the flu season uh, now, and I, I think about forty people have died in California from what I uh, was reading. And they said that uh, this seems to be uh, more of a a swine flu that that's getting passed around now yeah because because the the regular influenza virus the flu is is this is not the the right time of year we it you know it starts uh in autumn and then goes into winter and so summer is not really uh the the typical influenza uh, infections but but the zoonotic diseases like swine flu and ebola i mean avian flu you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's you know, how it, it, 
it, it's caused by people handling or mishandling animals and that's how you get them so the swine flu, flu which is an h191 virus uh, affects pigs for most most you know most of the time and the you know it's very deadly for the pigs and then for human beings the same thing it you know becomes a big problem mm. okay so here's the los angeles times article um june 5th 2019 so we're right on it here. It says flu toll mounts in California with 42 deaths so far. It says California's flu season has uh, just begun to ramp up, but 42 people in the state have already died of influenza, according to officials. Uh, the death tally uh, began in October, the official start of the season nationwide. The season runs uh, typically through May, it says here. And then, it, where did I see? So it said, um, uh, older people are more likely to develop serious complications, such as uh, pneumonia. But where where, where was it? Uh, oh, here it says, in California and nationwide, uh, the flu strain going around is, as you just said, H1N1, a kind of influenza A known as swine flu. Yeah, see, so so I think they're mixing things up in this article because this is not your typical influenza virus that affects human beings. That one, like it, even the article says, starts in autumn, in October, and goes through winter to April maximum. I've never seen it even go to May. But the swine flu is different. That is a variation of the the influenza virus but it it specifically attacks pigs and the only time it affects human beings is if human beings come in contact with a sick pig so i think the article is confusing things mm. they're, they're at least from you know me listening to you reading it, it it you know it's kind of mixing the two up they're two different things the h1n1 is the swine flu and has nothing to do with except that it's a, a cousin of the respiratory virus called influenza that affects human beings and and not swine this is a swine flu and it's a variation of the resp the, uh, the human uh, influenza and that it can happen in summer in winter any time of the year because it's it has it's not seasonal it's more it more depends on you know, you coming in contact with sick animals. Mm. It almost sounds like they're downplaying it, like, uh, you know, oh, it's like the regular flu. This one just happens to be the swine flu instead yeah, of... Yeah, I don't know if they're intentionally kind of giving misinformation or it's, it's, just, it's just ignorance. I don't know, but, but clearly they're, they're mixing things up and, you know, we need to be clear about it. The respiratory influenza that affects human beings starts in autumn, in fall. It does not. It's not in. It's not typically in summer. Period. So, so uh, the bird flu and the swine flu. Can people get those by eating infected animals? Is that yes, yes. Any 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 contact, handling, eating, um, coming in contact, having sex with them because of some idiots do that. You know so. Yeah, it can be any any contact of any kind. Wow. So uh, 
I, I think uh, the advice is go vegan and why subject yourself to that? It's, it, it seems so weird because often poultry seems to come with a warning label like, uh, you know, d clean any surface or, you know, if it touches the countertop or a knife, you're supposed to sanitize it right away. And yet, you know, you put it in your, you know, on your lips and in your mouth and swallow. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. So, um Anything else you wanted to mention about those, the the swine flu or bird flu at all? Or? Uh, yeah, that's about it. Like you said, best thing is, you know, leave the pigs alone, leave the birds alone, and they will, you know, those diseases won't be an issue for us. Yes. But see, uh, now, now I, I, I want to shake hands with people even less, right? I, you know, <laughs> somebody just has a, hand, a ham sandwich and wants to say hi to me. Uh, we can, uh, you know. You know, you know something that I, I you know, the, the, the just to show you how pervasive and how how uh, how human beings have have really dominated the animal world. Imagine this. I, I mean, this surprised me. Sixty one percent, according to the WHO, the World Health Organization, sixty per sixty one percent of all diseases. Now, this is not just the United States. Over, I mean, across the globe. 61% of all diseases are zoonotic in, in origin. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, 61%. I didn't, I had no idea. So that tells you how pervasive and how, how entrenched is, you know, our involvement in, in, you know, in the animal world and how what we do affects the, you know, animals and, and in turn what, you know, uh, we, we get sick because of, the the diseases that these animals and, and how about the other thirty nine percent probably being heart disease, cancer, stroke, exactly, right? exactly. So, that's still related to animals. So you got it. So sixty one percent is related to animals, and the other thirty nine percent is also related to animals. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so. Um, it's not a hidden agenda that we ask people to go vegan, you know, and it's uh, not just for the animals, but I mean, it, it, yeah, it's great, great for the animals, but uh, look at, you know, what it does, you know, for you. And also, I just feel like, you know, we're so concerned about children. It's so unfair to shove all of this down their throats, you know, I mean, it's like uh, parents need to come to some educated decisions here and not put their families at it sounds like at such risk. I mean, if 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 sixty one percent of disease is caused by an, you know the animals and the other thirty nine percent animals, you know, let's go to the fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, and beans here. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and uh, oh, and by the way, uh, I I guess you know with with all the good that you've been doing with the children um, in Africa and Ethiopia. Um, and, and getting the eye care and eyeglasses and vision care. Um, I guess they can all read the book that you've co-edited, that uh, Africa and Her Animals, uh, Philosophical yes. and uh, Practical Perspectives. Yes, and forwarded by, by uh, to the 2003 Nobel Laureate, uh, the South African uh, poet, J.M. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Coits. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Well, C O E T Z. -E. Yeah. So. Yeah, he 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 won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 2003. And, and he so wrote he the forward. 
Yeah, he wrote the forward for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you co-edited uh, with whom? Rain Rainer Ebert. He's a philosopher um, trained uh, at Rice University in Houston, Texas. He's from Germany and now is teaching, or at least he was teaching in Tanzania at the University of Dar es Salaam. Uh, and he's a good friend of mine. And so one day we sat down and said, let's, you know, uh, let's, um, the, you know, when you, t- when you talk about that, when, when, when a topic comes up about Africa, it's all about, always about humans, whether it's the culture, it's the people, it's the music, it's the, you know, the, the wars and starvation, you know, everything. But whatever it is, it's about human beings. And, you know, we said, what about the animals? Nobody talks about the animals. And, you know, nobody nobody really looks into their trials and tribulations and, you know, their suffering. Um, the only time you hear uh, people talk about human, about animals is when a trophy hunter from the United States or Europe is going to go and kill a poor lion or, you know, if they're going to um, go t- uh, to uh, on a safari. But other than that, nothing there's right. no i mean i think the visual the visual people have in mind if you say africa i think you think of vast plains with uh zebra giraffes running around you know no and... actually those are those days are gone right now you know you know so it's the more last like 10... a kfc and uh and then, a mcdonald's it, right or... yeah the last 10 15 years africa has you know uh, has developed so much so that a lot of people are, you know, that, that that travel to Africa, like I said, if it's not for safari or for trophy hunting, is because they, you know, they want to they want to see the country, uh, they want to learn about the culture, uh, p- political reasons, economic reasons. There's a lot of economic development. There are a lot of Europeans and Americans going and investing in in Africa. You know, and so um, it's, it's it's really about the human beings, and nobody really uh, thinks and talks about the animals. And uh, the the one thing that people forget is that you know animals are um, you know important, and they cannot be ignored. And their suffering and their you know, like I said, their trials and tribulations uh, should be um, you know. Um, talked about and people should learn and know you know what's going on in Africa they're you know they're suffering at the hands of human beings cruelty starvation neglect um, talk about um, experimentations that are done on animals uh, the hunting uh, the ivory trade there's so many so things it, it seems like the same as everywhere fun. right it, it, it's, it's it's like human behavior toward animals everywhere that uh, yeah they're yeah. In, they're inferior they're for us to use um, exactly and and but 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 people also forget that as much as you know uh, they need us we need animals too and especially in Africa we cohabitate with uh, with Africa uh, animals in Africa and they're important in in, in the African society and um, so you know Writing a book that is, you know, uh, um, more scholastic and uh, a book that can be used in uh, in universities to teach uh, students about, you know, um, the uh, 
the moral, social, cultural, religious, legal status of animals, I th we thought was important. So we we approached different, uh, uh, you know, writers and and uh, philosophers and activists and uh, university professors to contribute. And basically, that 28 people from uh, 14 different countries and four different continents um, contributed to this book. And basically, like I said, uh, we they, they addressed the moral, the social, the cultural, even the religious aspects, the standing of animals and the legal standing of animals. And it's, it's an, an incredible book that has never been written uh, before and is now, you know, hopefully will be used in universities to teach people so that students can learn about Africa and, and you know, certain political institutions and the policies towards animals can change with, you know, the uh, introduction of these kind of books because, you know, it, it shows when once you read this book, you, you start sympathizing with what's going on with animals in Africa. And if we can get some compassion uh, injected into this and some, you know, some hard facts and logical, you know, um, you know, facts into it, maybe certain policies that governments follow in Africa can change. For example, uh, one, one thing that drives me nuts is, you know, allowing uh, trophy hunters to go to Africa and kill at will animals because they pay, they, uh, they get permits from the governments and the governments give them allow them because they bring in money but and i understand that part but 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 the african countries don't realize that these re, these animals are resources they are huge huge resources for the for the, those countries uh, they bring a lot of you know um, uh, tourists that come in not with guns uh, to shoot, they come with cameras to shoot and see them. I don't even like that as much because it's still, you know, invading their space. But at least under the circumstances that we're in, I'd rather have people coming as, you know, to, to take pictures of these animals and leave them alone instead of killing them. But, you know, these kind of policies maybe can slowly be changed if books like this start showing up and people start learning about it. And, and at the end of the day, if you teach university students, they're the they're future leaders. So if they're if they're taught to to see animals not as inferiors but as cohabitants of of you know our planet and that that have moral status and deserve deserve certain a certain degree of respect, maybe you know when they take uh, when they they become powerful people and. Have uh, you know um, government posts? They can make decisions that will favor animals instead of you know the trophy hunters, for example, or the ivory um, you know uh, traders and, and and so on and so forth. So that's that's the um, impetus for us to to uh, write this book, and I'm very proud of writing it, uh, of being part of this. And I have two chapters in it. One of it is about uh, factory farming, because a lot of people are, you know, screaming up and down about factory farming in the United States and Europe. But what people don't realize is um, factory farming is being <clears throat> is spreading in in 
the third world in Asia and Africa. And so whatever misery and suffering, you know, animals uh, go through here in the United States, it's going to be even worse because when when you when all of Africa is mechanized, uh, will have a mechanized uh, agricultural animal agriculture and Asia, the numbers will be astronomic and the suffering will be quadrupled. Uh, and so, so that's, but, but that's, uh, not, that's also you know, not an endorsement of uh, any any animal agriculture, though, right? So, what do you mean? Like, how so, can it be? No, I'm saying like so. W when we oppose um, factory farms, a lot of people think that family farms are okay where animals. No, are no, any kind of any kind of farming, but 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 what I'm saying is though, factory farming is 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 so malignant and so horrible for the environment and for you know for for health and and make it easy for governments to to make tons of money off the backs of animals that it is a a, a virulent uh, you know uh, way of, of really abusing animals and so we have to fight that but that does not, not mean that we support any any other kind of farming mm -hmm. hell no mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, that okay, I but, think but, that that point needs to be made because that's happening here, and you see the the animal rights, the so-called animal, the, the fake animal rights movement here is always opposing factory farms, but you know they they don't talk about all animal agriculture, which is which is all terrible. And if you want to look at an environmental uh, fact, uh, supposedly um, grass-fed cows produce more um, more greenhouse gas emissions than cows on factory farms not that we want them to be subjected to either you know but i well, mean it's well let me you see in my in the book and in my chapter i make it clear very clear that the only solution is to go vegan period i don't endorse any other kind of agriculture whatsoever so my chapter is clear and i can't say as much for other you know group other people but as far as i'm concerned uh the only reason i pointed out the the problems with factory farming is because it is rapidly becoming uh a very um you know important part of the economies of these certain african countries that that are you know developing and it's a very very virulent form of it and they're really confining these animals and making them suffer and I, I wanted people to learn about what's going on and how, how you know, the, 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 uh, the way animals are treated in the United States and Europe and the mechanisms that are used to isolate them and, and produce as much profit out of them. Right, because they're just products, they're just products, they're things, yeah, they're... Yeah. You know, yeah, and, the, and and it's being, and it's and, and this is being extended into, uh, you know, the the second or third world countries, and it's a big big problem. And and then um, what about you know all of this animal agriculture in Africa in terms of uh, natural resources? I mean, uh, it's got to be uh, like you know in terms of water and you know. Oh yeah, I mean, you know. The environmental consequences of animal agriculture is is horrendous, and you know we're already 
we're already suffering from it in Africa. I mean, like in Ethiopia, they're rationing in the capital city of Addis Ababa. They're rationing water right now as we speak. Hmm. Okay, and this is a country who's beginning to get involved in factory farming and 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 trying to you know um, mechanize everything. And the amount of water is used, and they're trying to basically when they when when they streamline everything, it's easier. It's easier for these animals to be chopped up and sent to the Middle East or Europe um, to be sold. And so this process, uh, mechanization, is leading into it's making it easier for animals to you know for animal parts to be transported to other countries for sale. And so you know the basically they're 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 doing it more and more, even though you know, the amount of water is that's used to produce these meats is humongous. And and this is a country who's already, uh, which is already having problems with water shortages. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't begin to even think what the future is going to hold if this this gets worse. Right. I mean, I uh, some some of the statistics that are embedded in my head from studies over the years uh, like the Stockholm International Water Institute in a report to the UN once said that uh, a vegan requires 10,000 gallons of water to grow his or her food in a year and a non-vegan requires 320,000 gallons of water. So uh, I saved 310,000 gallons of water this past year. You saved 300. We saved over 600,000 gallons of water between the two of us, you know, we can't we, yeah. can't we can't be that wasteful. I've seen estimates that a pound of beef could require eight thousand five hundred gallons of of water, you know, and yeah, yeah, you, know, you got to grow yeah. feed. You use water to grow feed for the animals, or it's just such a mess. It's it's just so wrong. So you know, like it's just turned everything upside down. So yeah, absolutely, and and that is. That you know the environmental consequences of of factory farming is 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 going to become not just factory farming, just animal animal farming, agriculture, period, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, agriculture, just mm-hmm. period. Yeah, not 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 only factory farming, but any kind of farming and and consumption of animals is going. To, it, it has become a big problem, and it's just going to get worse. And you know. From from the latest study that I read, um, climatologists are saying human human um, civilization will be extinct by 2050 if we do not do something about uh, climate change. And you know damn well nothing is going to change at the, with the rate at the rate we're going with with China. It really can't be legislated. We we can't really look to politicians or corporations when we have a solution and that's but we all have to go vegan. That's what we're told by the world's top climate specialists, by Robert Goodland and Jeff Anhang at the World Bank, who estimated that uh, um, human uh, animal animal agriculture is responsible for at least 51 percent of all greenhouse gas emissions. And there was a a recent study out of Oxford University um, and, uh, let's see, uh, Joseph Poor, P-O-O-R-E, uh, was the author of that, and uh, his conclusion is that the the, the 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 best thing that we can do is 
to, to go vegan if we were if the human population were to shift to vegan we would free up land the size of africa for reforestation and uh, species recovery i mean that's that's how great it would be like we'd have we'd have another africa if we all went vegan you know that maybe we wouldn't mess up so much yeah and and the amazon is being destroyed so rapidly and what is it for for beef production basically mm -hmm. that's what that that's what the deforestation for right deforestation is yeah, for grazing or growing and, and, uh, gmo soy or corn or... yeah and and so how how is the planet going to survive this and on top of that all the industrial output you know all, all the all the cars and and industries uh, and all the po pollution that's coming out of it, you know, the methane and, you know, CO2. I mean, it's 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 really scary and dangerous. But you know, I mean, the the, the those who have the power to make changes are are not willing. And oh, it'll never us, happen. It, I, I, yeah. I mean, we're looking. We're really looking in the wrong place. That's why I'm so upset with the, the environmental movement. The whatever that environmental movement. 350.org, Sierra Club, awash in rancher donations. Um, you know, so it's it's not really going to come from a government. Um, you know, the you know people the, the Paris Accord. You know, it, it's great when people can. You know. Oh, what a hundred countries sit down and maybe more and sign something that requires them to do nothing you could get yeah. lots of signatures for that but but the thing is there is something we can do and and that's to go vegan but it's kept such a secret you know i mean that's like the the vegan solution is like robert goodland at, at the world bank said it's it's really the only solution because uh you know a, an alternative energy infrastructure would cost something like 30 trillion dollars and take 20 years and so it'll never get financed and you know i mean it's it's a dream when we keep blaming pipelines that haven't been built yet or you know exxon or you know miles per gallon i mean it's it's all about going vegan i mean it's as shocking as that would be who would have imagined that that's the solution to everything but it really is and and you are in a particular place where i mean you've been able to see a lot of it from all different perspectives you see the environment in africa you've been in are you telling the emergency room in Houston, you know, tell tell me you didn't see like just a, a parade of of diseases, you know, from you know. Well, uh, look, consumption I, of animals. Let me let me let me give you a, a couple of examples um, from my perspective, from from env the environmental point of view and from health. So, I I traveled, um, you know, in Ethiopia extensively, and especially in northern Ethiopia. It's barren. There are no more trees. Nothing. I mean, there's nothing left. They, the trees are completely gone. This is a country just like any other part of Africa that was fully, you know, uh, covered with forests. Uh, you know, up to a hundred years ago. I remember my grandfather telling me, um, you know, 40, 50 when I was a, a child, that sitting, s sitting in his home at night. In Addis Ababa, in the capital city, he could hear, um, you know, lions roar not far away. This is now we're talking about when he was young. And now you 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 can drive for 10 hours um, 
in every direction and you won't hear or see a lion or any animal and you won't see any forest. It's just pure, you know, no vegetation whatsoever. So that's what I've seen uh, through my travels in, in Ethiopia. Ethiopia has less than, at least the last time I checked, less than 3% uh, forests in uh, in the whole country, Th less than three percent, and this is Africa. Okay, so that's that's the, my environmental experience. And as far as health is concerned, I'll tell you the uh, you know the the drastic changes that I see. So in 2012, I went to I I, I um, uh, led a, a team of physicians and nurses and healthcare providers to northern Ethiopia to a very small, uh, very, very desolate uh, place uh, to treat uh, poor um, you know, farmers and, and people in, in the, the villages in that, in that place. It was very close to where my grandfather was born. That's why I chose that place. But when we went there, we saw so much suffering and, and you know, misery that it, it you know, is left a scar uh, for years that I won't get rid of. Um, so what what happened is we we in two weeks, not ten days or so, saw close to five thousand people. Um, and what was surprising is this: um, out of the five thousand people that you know, and uh, collectively we saw, I I did not find one person, okay, that had any, uh, any, um, uh, that exhibited any symptoms, signs, uh, or had any uh, overt uh, manifestation of any heart disease. We, in, out of the 5,000, we must have seen maybe 10 people, 10, and the, well, I'm talking about people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s that had high blood pressure. Out of 5,000 people, 10. Hmm. And out of uh, less than that even, uh, we, we, uh, we didn't find any diabetics. When, in fact, when we were taking, when we were checking their sugar levels, we, we kept getting sugar levels of 60, so 60 to 65. And in the United States, in the emergency room, if I have a patient who's got a blood sugar of 60, I'm rushing to give them sugar because I'm thinking they're hypoglycemic and they're going to faint on me. Hmm. In Ethiopia, 60 is the average. Hmm. In, when I say in Ethiopia, in the, the villages and in the rural parts, guess what? They don't eat meat. They eat vegetables day in, day out. Not because they're vegetarians and they, they've read uh, Peter Singer or whatever. Is because they don't have access to meat. Yeah, so Peter, Peter Singer's not vegan. even vegan. Not, not, he's... I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just talking about. Right. They, they don't the listen to Go Vegan Radio. They don't listen to Go Vegan Radio, and they didn't go yeah. vegan. Uh, although they exactly. could have. Maybe they did. We're on 18 years. Maybe oh, we're li they're listening in Ethiopia. But so, okay. but 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 so imagine, you know, to 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 have been there for 10 days. Uh, have seen over, you know, close to 5,000 people and find less than 10 people who had high blood pressure, 10, pe 10 people or so who had diabetes, and none who had overt cardiovascular symptoms um, is amazing. And, and we saw p 
you know, people, like I said, in the 60s, 70s, the average blood pressure that we, we recorded in people in their 60s, 70s was like 110 over 70, 110 over 60. Okay. So the, the, this is, this is the effect of the diet that they, you know, they had. It's not, it had nothing to do with anything else. It's just that their, what they ate was Natural. What they yeah. ate was natural, what, what grown from the what, what was grown from the earth, and exactly. and 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 you found it astonishing, even though that's probably like what normal should be, right? That's I what mean. I that's what I just told you. I would I the first few days we were panicking, like a <laughs> oh, man, sixty. Somebody had sixty, and so this doctor came to me and said, "Hey, doc, what what should we do? Should we give them some sugar or?" We don't have the D50, which is, you know, glucose injectable. I said, um, you know, just give them candy or whatever. So, you know, one person was 60 And that's the something. person that, that looks... came down with uh, diabetes, right? The one person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one you gave the candy to. Oh, no. Okay. So, no. And then and then another 160, another. And then it, re it dawned on us that that's the average. That's the norm. You know, it's not, you know, nobody is in their 90s or 80s. So now fast forward a, 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 a few weeks later, I go back to my emergency room in the United States. And what do I see? I see people who are 300 pounds, 250 pounds. Their sugar is so out of control. It's not even funny. Their blood pressure is, you know, some of them would have blood pressures of 215 over 130, 140 and would not even respond to medication. And it was that contrast that I was seeing between what I saw in, in Ethiopia in rural parts of Ethiopia where the food is basically organic vegetarian and then or vegan, but basically because they don't even drink milk. And then coming to the United States and, you know, seeing what, what people eat here, it was just such, it was so obvious. I mean, Something that you know you can read in books, um, you can learn, you can you can internalize and believe it yourself. But when you see that contrast between what you see in Africa, uh, where veganism is practiced not out of you know just out of necessity, and then coming here and seeing the Western diet, the sad diet, which basically is killing us because it's full of fat and animal products. That was that was the best example you can give anybody. So, you know, that was that to me that, that it couldn't I, I couldn't have um, gotten a better. Right. I mean, uh, you, you saw it. You saw it firsthand as a medical professional, um, you know, and, and we've had Dr. Esselstyn on the show in the past. And he says nobody has to have heart disease. People don't believe that. Everybody thinks it's inevitable that you get heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes like that's just the normal way. You know, I no. when, when I went back to New York to. Uh, for the climate change march years ago, not to march, but to ask the climate marchers to go vegan because they're march. Like, what's the point? If, you know. But um, so I got into the cab, and the cab driver, you know, was talking to me, and I was talking about going vegan or whatever. He said uh, uh, that he had uh, high blood pressure. And I said, well, I mean, I hear that it's, you know, like if you're vegan, uh, that's not necessary. He, he said, look, all black people 
have high blood pressure. And I said, wrong. Uh, so I said, what are you, you know, what are you eating? And he says, well, KFC. I mean, it was all the fast food places. It was all KFC, McDonald's, Burger King that he was talking about. You know, but yeah. but his belief was that it's you know it's in the genes, right? It's um, part of the family. My my uh, all my uh, my father died of a heart attack at age forty-seven. All his brothers and sisters had heart disease. I thought, well, it's in the genes, right? But it's it's on the plate. It and and whether you're in Africa or New York or China, if you consume animal products, meat, dairy, fish, eggs. The same results, you know. You saw you saw them firsthand. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I don't even have to come to the United States. Actually, when when I when when I went to the capital city, Addis Ababa, where meat eating is a big part of the culture, um, you know, the, the 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 type of diseases that you're dealing with changes. Then all of a sudden, um, it's like I'm in Houston. You know, they're dying. They're sick of. They're, they're coming down with diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, cancer. Um, and it's because it's, again, in the, in, the, in the urban areas, because of, you know, relative affluence, people have access to meat and butter and milk. And so they eat that and then they, 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 they don't walk as much. They have cars and, you know, means of transportation. So they get obese and they develop these diseases and they come down with it but you go outside in the rural parts of uh, Ethiopia and that's this is probably true in most parts of Africa where you know uh, it's a luxury to eat meat and drink milk um, you know they 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 have other kinds of diseases you know uh, communicable diseases and zoonotic diseases maybe that are become you know due to mosquitoes like malaria and stuff like that but not the chronic degenerative diseases that we're used to that come from eating uh, animal proteins and animal fat hmm. so um you you were in the emergency room in houston for quite a while there and then now you've 18, moved to 18 years 18 years 18 years so yeah uh, and you saw that all the obesity, rampant, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes. So then you move to the uh, D.C. area or Virginia. And uh, yes, what are, what are you doing now there? I, I do anti-aging medicine, uh, weight management and, you know, some cosmetic medicine. Mm -hmm. So and how can people reach you uh, for those purposes? Uh, they can reach me by uh, going to our website, www.zinnia, Z-I-N-N-I-A, aesthetics, A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com, or they can call our office at 703-992-9815. We're, we're, we're focusing a lot on uh, preventive medicine, um, treating metabolic syndrome, uh, prediabetes, hypertension, weight management to, you know, for people uh, to, to lose weight uh, in a healthy way. And basically, we promote a vegan, healthy, organic diets. So um, we focus on, like I said, preventive medicine and, and also, um, you know, ways to um, um, not necessarily reverse, but slow down the aging process. Mm -hmm. And how, how have things gone with patients there? 
Good, very good. I I'm I have a lot of you know the 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 good thing about the kind of practice I'm uh, you know I'm, I have now is a lot of people who end up coming to me are already motivated. Like today, good excellent example. This gentleman, he he's um, you know an executive in the DC area, you know high powered gentleman who um, is a raw vegan. Imagine, raw vegan, and he had some issues with hormones, so he came to um, to be treated by me, and so we're working together to improve his uh, his diet, and you know I'm adding some supplements to, for him, and we're also you know we're starting an intermittent fasting program, and um, so this gentleman came to me uh, as a raw vegan and wanted to even improve his health even more. And so I, I have motivated people who are proactive. So it makes it a lot easier uh, to help people, um, you know, get better and get healthier uh, when you have people who are already motivated and, and highly intelligent people who are well-read and come in knowing, you know, what, uh, you know, Knowing what that animals are that. food, <laughs> knowing that. Uh, well, yeah. well this, you know, to be honest, not all of them are, uh, you know, uh, vegan vegetarians yeah. or vegan. But what I'm saying is, when they come to me, they are open-minded enough uh, and they're motivated to improve their health. That if I suggest veganism, they would seriously consider it, and and you know, um, we would have debates and discussions, and I you know, try to convince them. And because I'm a physician, I do have some sway on, you know, their decision process. And so it's been, it's been a pleasure working in this environment because, uh, you know, um, in the emergency room, you are seeing people who are close to their deathbed when they get to you. They're so sick and so helpless. And plus, you know, a lot of them are are clueless about what they how to, you know how to take care of their health. That's why they end up in the emergency room to begin with. Right. So and, and not plus, open to it, like suggesting yeah. vegan would be like you know like uh, from outer space, from Mars. Exactly. Or so. Plus, plus you don't you don't create that continuum uh, continuous relationship. You know, um, it's, right. it's you know I see him once or twice and that's it. Here I establish a relationship. I start trust they they start trusting me and you know and I feel comfortable with them and so it's a back and forth uh, um, kind of relationship where you know we try to I try to show them by by doing what what you know I suggest uh, they get better and I, I have another example I this gentleman came in uh, he's an electrician uh, he came in because he was overweight and he has you know family history of all these diseases and and you know, I, I was frank with him. Look, um, I mean, we can we can spend weeks and months trying to get you to lose weight by you know having you eat whatever you're eating, um, or um, you can uh, follow a plant-based diet, and not only will you lose weight, but you will improve your cholesterol levels, you'll improve your uh, sugar levels, which were a little high. And and believe it or not, he 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 listened. And this is a guy who's a meat eater, 
And you know, I don't know. Once once he's he he loses the weight and his um, you know all his lab blood profile you know are back to normal if he will continue. But at least for this period of time, he's listening and following my instructions. So it's um it's it's really a very uh, exciting time for me. It's a, it's a new a new way of uh, practicing medicine that I totally enjoy. Mm. Uh, so what was the website again? www.zinniaesthetics.com One more spelling of it. Z-I-N-N-I-A-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com Terrific, okay. Oh, you mentioned intermittent fasting. What 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 are the advantages to that? You did, did, well, intermittent fasting, basically, it's cleaning up cellular debris. So what, what scientists found, found out is when people uh, fast for more than, you know, 12, preferably 16 to 24 hours, uh, you know, at a time, um, and sometimes even more for, for a period of four or five days a year, um, what happens is... Um, the body starts cleaning up all the debris, the dirt, the cellular, um, you know, uh, cells that are not functioning well, that are on the way out. Uh, they just remove all the all the damaged cellular, um, um, so, you know, uh, uh, stuff. And by doing that, you improve. Basically, you're you're cleaning your your insides really well, and um, by you you basically you become uh, you you become very very healthy. And you, if you have any any of those chronic diseases that are you know about to uh, strike you, um, you can avoid them. Like you know. People who are diabetic or pre-diabetes, pre-diabetics can completely reverse their diabetes. Um, they, um, people with high blood pressure, improve their blood pressure. People with, you know, who are at risk for Alzheimer's, improve um, their, you know, their memory. It's it's an amazing um, uh, way of um, staying healthy. So, so basically. Um, your body starts uh, going through a process called autophagia, meaning eating itself, and it's it's done in, a, in such a way that it's healthy and it's just cleaning up, like I said, the cellular debris, the dead cells that um, have been uh, damaged with, due to oxidative stress and toxins, and by cleaning it up, you basically re reinvigorate. Um, cellular metabolism and improve uh, function. And is that uh, with water or no, no, no water or food or like? Well, there's, there, there are different types. There are different types of um, programs. Uh, the one I follow is basically not eating for 16 hours. So, let's say you, the last meal you have is 6 p.m. Um, you eat lunch, and then 6 p.m. is dinner, and then you don't eat till the next morning, 10 o'clock. That means 16 hours. You can do that twice, twice a week, and then maybe once a month you can do 
a one-day, 24-hour fast where you don't eat for 24 hours. That's all you have to do. There's do you drink program. water during that 24 hours? Or? Yes, yeah. yes, you can absolutely. You can drink water. Um, you, tr you can drink uh, uh, tea, even coffee, just no sugar, um, you know, nothing, no, no, no foods whatsoever. Um, just, just, just um, you know, fluid. Like I said, I mean, think of this. 6 p.m. if you eat dinner and you eat, you know, a salad or in, something that doesn't have too much carbs in it, you won't get hungry. Uh, 10, 11 o'clock, you go to bed, you wake up 6, 7 in the morning. That's, you know, 12 hours is already gone. Uh, so you only have to be without food for four hours till 10 o'clock. And then 10 o'clock, you can eat breakfast if you want. Mm -hmm. And then you can eat lunch. And then dinner, but but keep that 16 hours. That's really the main thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's there's another program where you have. I think you go five days uh, straight with uh, without eating once a year. Um, I'm not so interested in that. I like the 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 16 hour one because it's really easy for me, and I can do it almost every day. Even though you you go you only have to do it twice a day. I mean twice. A, a week and then maybe like i said once once a month do a 24-hour uh, fast mm -hmm. but what, what about amazing. juice juice fast you know i uh, a few years ago i did i did a 30-day uh juice fast um and uh i i kind of liked it i mean it seems like it's kind of hard to get a fast started like the first day or so but then once into it i was kind of into it you know well yeah i mean you know, I, I, juice fast isn't too bad. If 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 your if your focus is on uh, weight loss, uh, yeah, juice fast is good. But if you want to revitalize your organs and your that you know improve cellular metabolism and cellular function, the autophagia process uh, is what you need. And the only thing that initiates it is just you know not eating. Not, 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 you know, not taking anything in for a period of time. That's the only thing that will initiate. Except water or, as you said, yeah. tea or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the process of autophagia or eating oneself uh, has to, is initiated only when you're not participating in any kind of consumption of food. So when you do a juice fast, you are getting a lot of calories and nutrients. So, but for weight loss, it's good. I'm not against it. Um, you just need to be careful that you don't lose a lot of muscle mass uh, because 30 days is a lot and you're not going to get a lot of protein if you go on a juice fast. And so um, you lose a lot of uh, muscle mass and that's the one thing you don't want to do because muscle is so important, um, you know, to keep for m mobility, for fat, um, you know, um, to to burn fat. And... So so you're telling me I'm lucky I survived it. Okay, I should have asked you back then, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's like I said, it's okay if if your main goal was for weight loss, if it's done properly, it's it's okay. But right now I I'm you know I I like the intermittent fasting. It's really easy. It's so easy. You'd be surprised how easy it is because. If you eat, if you stop uh, eating at six, after six, I'm not hungry. Then I go to bed. I wake up. By the time I get to 
you know, I'm, you know, I, I shower and I get ready to go to work. It's almost 10 o'clock. And after that, you can eat. Mm. It almost, it almost sounds too easy. Like that's not really fasting. Like that, it is. that's it's, like normal that's, life to a degree, you know? Yeah, yeah. But if you do it consistently, so what, what they're saying is from all the things I've read, you, you need at least six, you know, anywhere from 12 on, but, but, but best is 16 to 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So if you can do 16 to 24 hours, on a regular basis, um, you will reap the benefits of intermittent fasting. And like I said, if you have any conditions that, you know, chronic conditions, or you're going to have them because you have family history, or you're like pre-diabetic or whatever, this will completely uh, take care of it. I mean, you you'll it, it can it can reverse diabetes yeah, if it's great. done properly. Uh, so I, I shouldn't be scared of it because it's talking about like, eating myself which kind of sounds like at first it sounds like kind of gross but then again i am an organic vegan so why not yeah but it's <laughs> you know it's it's done in a way like i said you when when it's, the autophagia concept is basically removing damaged tissue the removing like damaged debris, cells like debris like uh, yes and you know you see when even when you eat you you have you you create uh, you know toxins from the oxidative uh, stress that is created and and that's why being a vegan is so helpful because all the antioxidants um, are important to uh, you know remove and neutralize free radicals but if you're not a vegan or a vegetarian and you're not eating enough antioxidants enough greenery what happens is on a cellular level, you have this oxidative stress and a lot of free radicals accumulate and they cause cellular death. And these cellular processes, they're not removed naturally easily. And so they cause more problems. When you do intermittent fasting, you, the, the, that process removes all these negative you know, uh, elements and clears up your your cellular system so that it can function and breathe properly mm -hmm. great great information there from dr antenna roba who will be at the uh, san diego reggae vegan fest sunday july 21st he's one of the mind-blowing speakers um and uh, the book is africa and her animals philosophical and practical perspectives how do people get a hold of the book? Um, it's it's on Amazon, and anybody who wants can contact me at um, A-A-M-S-A-L-E -A -A -E at AOL.com, and I can send them uh, links to where they can get the book. But but Amazon has it. The only problem is um, they they uh, they don't have it. They don't have enough in stock, so the university of we we had it um we had the book uh uh printed by the uh, south african press university of south africa press and so they have to they have to send the book um to get it um to get it to make it available and they don't send enough sometimes and so there aren't there they aren't that available on amazon all the time but you can get them on amazon but there are other um, uh, other uh, sites that you can get the book from 
like I said, if anybody wants is interested, they can go on Amazon. If they have problems, they can email me at aamsale at aol.com. Okay. And by the way, I, I will be speaking in Addis Ababa. There's a big conference that the African Animal Network for Animal Welfare is hosting with, uh, with the UN Environmental Agency in Addis Ababa in September. So we'll be speaking there. And, um, and hopefully uh, there's another conference in Lux Luxembourg that I'm thinking of attending and maybe speaking at. Spread the uh, word. Spread the word. <laughs> Definitely. So, and yep. the word is vegan, apparently. So, <laughs> when it comes down to it. So, hey, it was great, great talking to you again. I, I hear fr freedom of bark in the background there. So, I'm sorry. No, nothing to be sorry about. Freedom of bark. Yeah, the, yeah. My 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 little boys are and girls are, you know. They're, uh, they heard something and they had to respond. You know, right. they have to protect daddy. Right. It's amazing. Daisy has been so quiet here, but uh, <laughs> she uh, she had her dinner and took a nap after. And it's amazing when she lets me, you know, talk on the microphone or the phone or be on the computer. I mean, she is the boss and keeps the schedule here. And uh, I uh, I'm grateful for to Daisy for uh, this time here talking to you so um we'll look forward to seeing you in san diego in july and uh, thought this was a great discussion we had here today and people can go to uh, ifundafrica.org yep that's a good place okay so and, uh, go ahead and com. i know but then i have to ask you to spell it again because like Okay, so I, I can. Go so ahead. W, Go ahead. www.zinia. Www oh, Zinia Aesthetics, one word. Zinia, Z-I-N-N-I-A, Aesthetics, another A, E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com. Okay, well, people always get thrown by that aesthetics with the A-E thing. And, and uh, is, is, yeah, is, there yeah. a, is there a particular um, meaning to uh, Zinia, that, that part? It's a beautiful flower, that's all. Ah, it's a beautiful flower. Terrific, yeah. terrific. So, beautiful flower aesthetics. Um, terrific. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Antenna. Great talking to you today. And uh, look forward to seeing you in San Diego. And uh, people who want to see Dr. Roba, uh, please uh, get your tickets now at reggaeveganfest.com. Okay, thank you for having me, uh, Bob, and I'll see you in uh, sunny, sunny San Diego. Yeah. Well, what? Oh, I saw you in L.A. Uh, some months back, and we ran yeah. around the beach there with Daisy and had a really good time, and uh, maybe in San Diego we'll go, uh, you know, fast together for a while. Good, good. That sounds like a deal. No problem. All right, sounds good. Okay, okay. we'll talk to you soon then. Thank you. See you Bye -bye. soon. Okay. This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com. On Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. And Twitter at Go Vegan Radio. And uh, 
what has been consuming my life for many months now. <laughs> Reggae Vegan Fest. Go to reggaeveganfest.com. Our thanks to Antenna Roba for quite the discussion that we just had here. Dr. Roba will be speaking at San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest on Sunday, July 21st, with an amazing lineup of, wow, what a day of music, with Third World headlining, and we have Jordan T. and Yacopo, and uh, Yacopo, I think he, he just put out a new single, and what, what's it, eight, up to 8.4 million views on YouTube already. Yakopo there, Yami Bolo, Empress Akua, Prime Livity, Quinto Soul, Lamore and the Mystic Band, General Jamaiki. It will be unbelievable music from noon to 9 p.m. Sunday, July 21st at Liberty Station, NTC Park in San Diego, Antenna Roba, one of the speakers. Also speaking at the event, well, as we tell you, every ticket you buy feeds 10 hungry children, 10 hungry children, nutritious vegan meals in over 60 cities. Also speaking at our event, our partner in that endeavor, Arlo Taves, founder of Feedome and director of Food for Life Global the largest program providing meals to hungry children worldwide. He will be talking on why going vegan is the solution to world hunger. Yes, it solves that too. I know, back when I was first getting into all of this, I thought this, would, this, would, this is going to be my quiet little personal decision. I'll sit in the corner and eat a salad and not have to talk about you know, the, what I'm doing and why. And then it turns out it's the solution to everything. It solves everything. Go vegan and maybe you don't have that heart attack or get cancer, stroke, diabetes. You know, world end world hunger, deforestation, climate change. It's, it's the one-stop solution for everything. And we can all do it now. We don't have to wait for politicians or corporations. We don't have to blame pipelines or... Uh, uh, power plants all we have to do is all just go vegan in this wonderful collective endeavor and the thing is the food is great and the music is great and the roots of reggae are vegan go back to the higher consciousness uh, thinkers in Jamaica in the 1930s and uh, they decided uh, that their diet should be ital i-t-a-l vegan IT that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, Rastafari Jamaican for vegan ITAL look it up in Wikipedia so reggae has vegan roots so imagine a, a wonderful day like we're, we have planned um, that's uh, got the vegan music and got the vegan food and uh, you'll find out how uh, how delicious, delicious it is to uh, save the world, you know? And I am reminded that Tolstoy said, as long as there are slaughterhouses, there will be battlefields, and we do fight wars over resources like land and water. So, um, so it's the one-stop solution, going vegan. Um, 
And apparently, I'm, I'm going to try to be a speaker at the event, too, if I can manage to talk about the environment and vegan advocacy being the ultimate activism for animals and, you know, talking about climate change and deforestation and all because uh, it's kind of my job. I have to fill time on here and I might as well do it with something not about Russia. Um, also speaking at San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, we have Gwenna Hunter, reporter on Jane Unchained, Lunch Break Live, founder of Vegans of L.A. Her topic is People of Color and Compassion for Animals. Also talking at the event, recommended by one of our sponsors, Tori Holistics. Thank you, Tori Holistics, for being a sponsor of San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest. Tori Holistics is the first cannabis dispensary in the state of California licensed for adult use and dedicated to educación. So um, we have uh, Megan, Megan Muckenfuss, the founder of Dr. Raw Organics, speaking on Cannabis 101. That's her topic, Cannabis 101. By the way... Uh, we do have some special events planned throughout the day, including at 2 p.m., uh, sponsored by Tory Holistics, we have our Mary J. party, 2 p.m., a discussion of cannabis that's taking place at our free College of Vegan Knowledge. Oh, so much going on. Who has the time to even explain? But uh, we do have an area that will be free and open to the public with many of our speakers that day who will also be on stage between bands talking but we do have a free college of vegan knowledge that's open to the public meaning people don't have to buy tickets to attend these speaker sessions and people who do buy tickets are welcome to attend also ticket holders and general public alike can attend the free college of vegan knowledge and we do have that discussion going on on cannabis at 2 p.m uh that's sunday july 21st uh also speaking at our fantastic celebration will be mike weinberg director uh the um, actually the creator of vegan diego san diego's unbelievably comprehensive vegan resource directory i mean anything vegan mike has found and has it's on his list there it's it's incredible pages it's like the encyclopedia veganica of san diego um so we're happy to have mike there from vegan diego uh rastakora award-winning dub poet from jamaica and uh yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna have a a great day there, and we have um, some of the area's favorite DJs uh, coming on stage doing an intro for the band. We have Carlos Culture, host of Kingston Sundays on Alt ninety four nine FM, and Kingston Vibes on Bob Radio, and we have Dub Carlos, who's a producer and promoter with the Righteous Street uh, Productions and Righteous Street Family. So they'll be on stage there too. It's a party. It's the party like, uh, you know, we're going to party like it's 1999, only it's uh, 2019. And uh, 
we're gonna because in 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 1999 we didn't really plan on uh, that well on a vegan wine and cheese tasting. So, um, but now we we've got that down for 2019, uh, and that is uh, that's uh, sponsored by um, Mission Square Market and the. Um, Oh, and by the way, so so in order to uh, participate, so we have our uh, Mary J party at 2 p.m. So we have a, a vegan, a VIP wine and cheese tasting from 4 to 6, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. that day. VIP tickets are on sale right now. You get a festival t-shirt, a tote bag. Uh, you'll also get vegan dog and cat treats from Evolution. Uh, you'll get organic uh, vegan dog and cat food from Evolution. Um, and uh, we thank Evolution for its support. Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food. Uh, Daisy thanks Evolution because she loves it and eats it all the time. Um, and it is really the, you know, it, it's a family business that's, that's uh, been producing this wonderful vegan dog and cat food for 30 years now. Not one recall uh, in those 30 years now with an organic organic varieties and uh, no chemical preservatives uh, even check out the the vegan dog foods on the market do they have chemical preservatives evolution does not evolution is uh, you know it's uh, you know, for for all stages of life uh, so evolution you can go to uh, petfoodshop.com petfoodshop.com for evolution um, and what was I telling you oh yeah so alright so you get vegan dog and cat treat. Who, who could turn that down? a VIP like okay VIP where you get vegan dog and cat treats I mean okay um, and the wine and cheese tasting and the owner of the market that's sponsoring our vegan wine and cheese tasting the only 100% vegan market in San Diego Mission Square Market, the owner, Sonny uh, Banaj, is coming up next on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Uh, please support our work with a tax-deductible donation at GoVeganRadio.com. And get your tickets now. You can also become a sponsor, a vendor, or a volunteer at ReggaeVeganFest.com. Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com. On Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Twitter, at Go Vegan Radio. Uh, but I want to, of course, direct your attention mainly at this time to ReggaeVeganFest.com. ReggaeVeganFest.com. Get your tickets now. Um, Coming up right now on our program, we have Sunny Banaj, who is with the um, Mission Square Market in San Diego and a sponsor of our event, actually the VIP Vegan Wine and Cheese Tasting. But uh, Sunny at Mission Square Market. Mission Square Market is the only 100% 
vegan market in San Diego. So to me, this is like a sacred place. Like, Sonny, you are immediately a hero of mine because every time I go into a supermarket, I, I freak out, I'm grossed out, I'm, I'm surrounded by, by body parts everywhere and you know, bizarre mammary secretions and cloaca excretions and I'm, I'm totally grossed out by the checkout stand and the conveyor belt and ah, if, if only every market were 100% vegan. And I don't understand why, why you're the only one in San Diego. I mean, it should be that maybe there would be only one meat, you know, dairy and egg market. Nah, not even one. There shouldn't be any. But tell me, tell me, Sonny, how, uh, welcome, by the way, and thank you for what you're doing. And, and tell me about your, your market and how you've come to be the, uh, the owner of the only 100% vegan market. There's a, lot, there's a lot of reason to be you know, like make a vegan market. The only one reason I uh, explain you today because we are vegetarian birth and when I go shopping in Whole Food at the big supermarket, I can see there all my friends dead fed on shelf and into go to the stores. I want something good to not to people who is vegan, vegetarian, not to see the, uh, their friends, dead friends on their shelf. So I was thinking a long time, make us such a good things, you know, like such a vegan market. And here we make the vegan market in San Diego, just not because of Sunny, is because of we have such a nice vegan community in San Diego. They support a lot and because of them, we have vegan market in San Diego. Great. Well, um, you you were breaking up a little bit there, but um, you know, from from what I'm hearing, I mean, it's uh, it you know touches my heart that you're saying that uh, you have a vegan market because um, you know it, really it's our friends who are on display at at bigger markets, even at Whole Foods. You know, I mean, with the you know they have their um, their hoax that uh you know the that animals are treated better but they don't look like they're treated better when 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 they're in the deli case and uh and then you're saying you're saying that uh you know it's not that it's just sunny wants a vegan market but that there's a big uh, supportive uh community in san diego that's vegan yeah it's yeah we have such a good community in san diego yeah well i see that and because Going, going. No, I was going to say, I see that because of the response to uh, San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest. I mean, currently we have uh, over 80 applications to be uh, vendors at the event. Uh, that doesn't mean... Wow. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean 80 people are paid yet, but it means like here we are yeah. still about five weeks out and 80, 80 you know, entities have applied to be uh, vendors and tickets are, are selling well and uh, there, there's just so much interest in, in the Reggae Vegan Fest in San Diego so I'm really, really happy about that. So, um, so, so tell me um, how, you know, how, how, you, how and when you decided like to, to be a vegan market and uh, what what you carry in the store there? What's available uh, for people to come to Mission Square Market? And uh, you're at uh, your address is what? 
6171 Mission Gorge Road, San Diego 92120. 6171 Mission Gorge Road. Okay, so so was there a particular day when, I mean, did you buy the market and, like, what what happened? Did you own the market no, and I then turn start, vegan or what? No, no, no I, no, I start from scratch. You start from scratch? I opened from scratch, like, I built a store, yeah, yeah, scratch. I built a store with a big I want to be, like, fully vegan, vegetarian, healthy market. But somehow I couldn't make it. But in like, and then I start like with the regular, little by little I change it. And last year in June, we turned as a fully vegan market. So last, a couple of years to so make that, it fully vegan. So so yeah. wait, this is your one year anniversary then of being a vegan market? Oh yeah, this month is anniversary and we're going to celebrate next Saturday. Ah. Okay, Saturday. Let's see what's the date because people listening in the podcast may, may, may hear this in time or they it may be in the past. But let's see, Saturday is the, uh, what is it? The, is it the twenty second of June? Is that twenty second? Yeah, twenty yeah. second okay. of June. So, so you're celebrating at the market the one year anniversary, sixty one seventy one Mission Gorge Road. So, um, and then um, yeah, that's. Go ahead. Um, uh, so, uh, so you're vegan for a year now. What might people expect to find if they come to a 100% vegan market? What's the whole scope of products you have available there? Okay. First thing is, and like people, all vegan when they go any other stores, they have to spend their time. This is vegan and all. They have all ingredients and everything. So here is like when you walk inside the store, you got everything is vegan. Second thing, we support our local vendors, which is a lot of like uh, Maya's cookies, no cheese, that's the best product, juice, cheese. This is like a best product we have with my local vendor and that's unique. Wait, Other so than that, say we that have... again, you were, you were talking about one of the cheese products there, you broke up a little bit. Yeah, cheese product, yeah. We have, it's called Nomad Eat Cheese. Plus, we have Jewel Cheese, no one carries in San Diego. This is the best cheese and other cheese. So, uh, so that was a cashew cheese? Did you say it was uh, Jewel Cheese? Yeah, the cashew cheese, Jewel Cheese. is made by cashew. And other one is Nomad Eat Cheese. They use cashews, organic cashews and potatoes. This nacho cheese—it's the best cheese. Ah, the best cheese. So, um, so what? What cheese is? So, I, I guess we we should say that uh, you are the sponsor of the um, VIP uh, vegan wine and cheese tasting that's happening from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. at San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest on Sunday, July 21st. So, a VIP ticket. Uh, you can you can get the VIP ticket right now at reggaeveganfest.com and the the VIP ticket um, gets you a, a festival t-shirt a tote bag um, uh, in that tote bag you'll find vegan dog and cat treats from uh, evolution and organic evolution dog food dog and cat food um, but it's also your admission to this very exclusive vegan wine and cheese tasting that we're having at uh, 
from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So, so the, the, uh, again, the, the cheeses that will be there for sure. Now, I know that we're going to have uh, Follow Your Heart has made a donation of cheese that, that will be there. But uh, uh, from, from your store, um, what's, what will be there, son? Yeah, we, have, we are going to donate like uh, wildlife cheese. Ethiopian cheese from Portland, nomadic cheese, also jewel cheese. They both and they're also local, and they're gonna stand there and they do sampling there. Um, so we have uh, a wide variety of cheese to try, and very often the people are out there. They're saying, "Oh well, I would go vegan, except you know, I I, I can't give up the cheese." You know, well. Um, yeah, you, you, you can go vegan because we do have, we'll come out and take part in the vegan wine and cheese tasting. And you'll see we have a lot of, a lot of great vegan cheese out there. And, you know, a, a really good reason to, uh, you know, I mean, people say, well, I can't give up the cheese, but can you give up, forgive me, but, you know, all cheese products, all, all pus-filled dairy products um, start with, the rape of a mother cow, the kidnapping of the baby, the baby goes on to become veal or beef, and the mother becomes hamburger. So um, if you're you know, a vegetarian for animal purposes but still consume eggs and, and cheese, eggs and dairy, uh, there's still the participation in, in the cruelty and death of 100% of the animals. So... You can give up the cheese, you know, plus, you know, the cholesterol and the dairy with the... Uh, has that insulin growth hormone uh, that that grows baby cows really fast, but grows tumors really fast also. And then on our last program, we talked about how much pus is. Forgive me, how much pus is allowed uh, in in cow's milk to be sold in the U.S. And uh, along with the urine, blood, perhaps leukemia and uh, tuberculosis. Maybe you could give up the dairy, you know, maybe you could give up the cheese. Come yeah. on. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and, and so there's wine that goes along with our vegan cheese, too. Right, Sonny? So I know that uh, we're going to have wine from uh, Elk Prairie uh, Winery in Humboldt. And then you have, uh, I think, about six varieties that you're bringing for people to uh, to taste. Do you do you remember what they are? <laughs> Uh, that's all organic wine. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know you have organic wine, and these are wines that are available in your store, right? Yeah, this, yeah that's right. It's available in the store. Okay. So now I'm looking to see... I wanna, I'm looking to see the, the bottles again. Let me look... Uh, let me look to find... Uh, where are they? We had the... Uh, Oh, so um, let me just while while I'm looking for for the, for the bottles that uh, that you texted me, um, tell me. So w what else do you have available in the only 100% vegan market in San Diego Mission Square Market? Um, so like what what else can people find there? Do you have uh, well? Yeah, tell me what else you have uh, sandwiches what what you know tell what's on the menu there what do you have we make the 
BLT, which is like a BLT, build your own. BLT is like people want to cook. The people is like, even I have a couple of guys, my neighbors, they got my BLT because it smells like BLT. Mm. So, so we just want to try. We just give free them. So just try. And I have like one customer. I make him like one week vegan. I just give free sandwich a couple of days, and he turn one week at least one week vegan. Uh, was having a little trouble the hearing. is like make a people vegan. Right, right, right. I was having a little trouble. The yeah. Um, so, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, Sonny. Um, and um, yeah, you hear properly. Yeah, having some trouble hearing you. Uh, are you? Can you be closer to the mic? Uh, right now? Yeah, I'm closer. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I, I missed a little bit. It seemed like you were breaking up there. So you were talking about you have uh, sandwiches there. Could you go through them again? It sounded like they were sandwiches, like the the comfort foods that people uh, used to eat before they were vegan, like what BLT and uh, BLT Philly cheese. Philly cheese. Turkey club. What was the last Turkey one? Turkey club. Oh, club. Turkey, Turkey club. club. Uh huh. Italiano, yes. Rubin, right. Carne Sada Fries. Carne Sada. Have you heard about Carne Sada? Have you tried the Sina Vegan Carne Sada? Ah, Vegan Carne Sada. Okay, well, I'm sure people will come in for that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We carry one more product, like it's called BLT. It's a BLT, um, this product from Taiwan. And it looks like real bacon. So you have a BLT with a uh, vegan bacon from Taiwan. And and that's something, too. People are seem to be addicted to bacon. You know, it's like if they're not saying I can be vegan except for cheese, it's like, you know, i got to have my bacon, you know. But uh, I hate to, point, hate to point out to parents, though, that bacon is a processed meat and the World Health Organization has classified processed meats as class one uh, carcinogens to humans uh, processed meats like bacon and uh, you know salami and you know, all these others there so um, let's see I was just looking at the wines that you have here and let's see let's see it looks like what is it? Something uh, Gigolo, Moso. The the labels of the wines are, uh, you know, they're like art. You know, wine labels are kind of like, like modern day art. I see rare earth wine. I see green truck. Um, I don't know bouquet. I don't know uh, Terra. Terra de Oro. Okay, Terra de Oro, Land of Gold, if I remember my high school Spanish, Laurelwood. <laughs> they all look like, you know, really, like, really classy, like we're going to have a classy kind of wine and cheese tasting here. Look at this. And, uh, yeah. 
And then uh, the the uh, the cheeses that you mentioned, you you said uh, Violife, uh, which I've never tried. What is that? V i o l i f e Violife. Um, uh huh. Violife cheese from Greece. I feel like real cheese melted really good. And this is right now. This is the top seller from my store. Is this cheese? Uh, I'm at the first. This is the first store to carry this whole line of Violife. Ah, so you say from Greece? Did, is that yeah, what you said? Yeah, that's used from Greece. Violife. Mm, uh -huh. um, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that, and that melts well. You're saying, right? Is that and uh, and it's your number one seller. The, look at that. The, yeah. the number one uh, vegan cheese, and I've never tried it. Okay. Um, and then uh, it, what is it? Uh, Jules Cashew Brie. I see you have listed here. So and you've been uh, yeah. talking talking up Jules quite a bit to me too, right? So. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, black cheese, which is nacho cheese, made with cashews and organic potatoes. So, a, a nacho cheese made with cashews and potatoes. Delicious. Um, I love it. I love it. All of it goes with all of these wines, and uh, we also have uh, Elk Prairie wine there. Um, so, Sunny, uh, there must be to to have a a one hundred percent vegan market. There has to be some sort of motivation, I would say, behind it. Like what the what I mean, you know, the cause of going vegan is is my life. I don't know how it it took over my life because I grew up as a normal kid eating hamburgers. I won a hamburger eating contest when I was sixteen. I'm amazed. I you know. I live to tell about it. Um, and then suddenly, you know, I became the first what I thought was vegetarian, but, you know, consuming dairy and eggs was, in my mind, I was doing something, but it wasn't really uh, fulfilled until I became vegan, and which took over my life. I didn't imagine that I would be the host of a vegan show or that I would be organizing vegan events. This is a total surprise to me to be here with you today talking about vegan wine and cheese but <laughs> and um uh, it and so um you know but so how did it come to be that you you would have a, a vegan market is it in your background or like what what yeah we are like um, we are like vegetarian we are jain so we never had any kind of meat our family used to get milk but i stopped uh, when i make my mind I want to be fully vegan market before that I turn first by myself vegan and then I make my market vegan so concept is that we are vegetarians we never want to be see any dead product like uh, on shelf my our friends and animals so we avoid to go that stores we avoid to eat that restaurant who carry them cook the meat and everything so I want to be like something like a good for this community or by myself first and my family and people who was trying to be vegan and earth friendly and vegetarian i want to i'm sorry so right at the end there you got cut off you said uh um right at the end there no i want to be like something good for this community so i just want to be make that that's comes to my mind i want to be if i want to go any stores i don't want to see any uh, my friends there. I don't want to go there because they have they carry a lot of friends, our friends, dead friends, and we are our family is tired. So I want to be something like 
good when we enter my store my family enter my store they cannot see any animal products any our friends so that's whole concept make it like you know concept Big. is you don't want to see any of your friends on the shelves and uh, I'm I'm right yeah. I'm right there with you I don't want to see any of my friends on the shelves and you know so you are doing something great for the community by providing an opportunity to go into a store where our friends are not on the shelves at all and that in itself I mean to me that makes it you know a magical place a sacred place what you're doing there and uh, so this comes from your your Jane background um, which uh, you know uh, has, has a history of compassion to animals and um, I've uh, I've spoken um, at the Jane Temple in Southern California and Northern California um, and you know uh, we, we, we're looking at the uh, the idea of of dairy also and you know there really is no cruelty free dairy it, it can't be done so um, I like the idea that so many more Janes are are going vegan I've, I've run into a lot of people who are Jane parents who are still having dairy but proud of their children who were vegan um, but uh, you know if we we have to be honest and look at cow's milk uh, I don't know it's not it's not ahimsa, right? It's 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 himsa. It's himsa, and and really, when when we see cow's milk on the shelf or eggs on the shelf, again, those are our friends on the shelf. You know, they're you know they're yeah, that's magnificent. Yeah, so I just I just think that it's great that you have that compassion for animals, and that's that's the motivation for it. And uh, may may your store uh, prosper and and. You know, really, uh, I hope you expand and have many more stores, and I hope the the concept expands. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, I hope. <laughs> that that would be yeah, great. We, we need all our country like one store fully vegan all over San Diego, in the corner, corner. That that's so that's so amazing. And there used to be um, a couple of stores in L.A. Viva La Vegan, but they they went out of business. They were pretty well stocked and. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it has to be Bob. It has to be like uh, you need to be fashion. You have to be honest with your community, and it's not not matter of money. Like some lot of people open their business, vegan business, because they knows vegans spend money. I turn my store vegan. It's not matter of money. I just want to be like educated people and and just do something good. How, different and how, unique. How unusual that there's a business that's not motivated by money but by good. So, um, so really, I I would urge everyone uh, to become a customer of Mission Square Market in San Diego, the only 100% vegan market in San Diego. Uh, it's really worth it to go out of your way and really support. I believe in supporting. 100% vegan restaurants. In fact, uh, uh, all of the restaurants who are participating in San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, uh, all of the restaurants have to be 100% uh, vegan restaurants because, I mean, these are people really putting it on the line. You know, they're like, uh, you know, doing what's right and sometimes at financial risk, you know. Uh, so, um, you know... You know, doing something for good needs to be rewarded with our patronage. So, um, oh, do you have a, a website also, Sonny, for um, uh, uh, I, I don't have a website, but I'm working maybe 
a couple okay. of months more, I got my own website. Okay. All right. Well, by the time some people hear this, uh, you you might have a website up, you know, because this will go onto the archives and live on forever and ever and ever. Um, Mission Square Market at 6171 Mission Gorge Road in San Diego. Um, and we greatly appreciate that you're sponsoring our VIP vegan wine and cheese tasting at uh, San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest. Get your tickets now at reggaeveganfest.com. And uh, the wines and cheese that you um, enjoy at our event are available at Mission Square Market, as is uh, a wide variety of great vegan food. 100% vegan market. Support your 100% vegan market in San Diego. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sonny. Thank you, Bob. It's Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, Twitter at Go Vegan Radio, and of course we want to direct your attention to ReggaeVeganFest.com uh, for the two amazingly awesome shows that we're planning, San Diego, July 21st, and LA, September 15th. Uh, special thanks to Vegetarian House Vegan Restaurant in San Jose kicking in a donation toward our production of Reggae Vegan Fest. Uh, Vegetarian House has been so supportive over the years. Really our special gratitude to Vegetarian House, one of the great vegan restaurants in the world. It's iconic, been there forever. Uh, Vegetarian House is 100% vegan, organic, non-GMO, uh, 520 East Santa Clara Street in San Jose. The website is vegetarianhouse.us. And uh, really, the, the catering business is booming for Vegetarian House. And you're invited. If you have an event coming up, a business event, a social event, you're getting married, you want to impress your future in-laws, um, have your event catered by Vegetarian House. Uh, more and more businesses and uh, people who are not businesses are having their events catered. VegetarianHouse.us um, My friends uh, here uh, tell me they have a free, a free app uh, for people who are looking for vegan recipes. Uh, well, uh, so you can go to veganrecipebrowser.com, veganrecipebrowser.com. Um, also, uh, Professor Francione has his website. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, we don't have him on this week uh, or this show. I think we're gonna we'll we'll get we'll get him back on next. Um, so anyway, his is uh, howdoigovegan.com. So okay, I think. That just about does it uh, for today. Uh, I think uh, one of the most spectacular programs of all time in all media, if I do say so myself. And I'm really not saying so uh, myself. I'm saying it because of the guests we've had and uh, the subject matter 
and the importance and just that you know going vegan is the way of life and uh look look at what it solves you know for you personally and for the planet and not only that but the vegan cause is giving you two of the funnest parties that you will ever experience seriously vibrations don't get higher than these this will i mean you're gonna feel like uh you you've been at the woodstock of the 20 teens right you weren't at the first woodstock you want to you want to have the woodstock experience san diego reggae vegan fest sunday july 21st la reggae vegan fest sunday september 15th go to reggae veganfest.com thank you for listening <laughs>